Hey ladies, it's your favorite dating coach here. Do these titles sound familiar at all? Uh, what to do until love finds you. Secrets of an irresistible woman. What are the three biggest mistakes women make in relationships? <laughs> Hey, what's up, ladies? So today I'm going to show you guys 10 ways to make a guy weak for you. So how do you become a high-value woman that men will never want to leave? You're smart, you're sexy, you're confident, and you still make mistakes. It's all good. Coming up, a year and a half ago, she says she was fat, broken, miserable. Now she's happier than ever. How'd she do it? Green and girls, what's that place to be? <laughs> <laughs> I am recording now, so that's, oh, okay. that's a perfect, perfect beginning. Ba -da -ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Hi, Delia Knight. Hi, Carla. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm in San Diego. I know. So. I'm so happy that you're here. That is que perfecto. Um, let me tell people why you're here. We've tried to record our podcast a couple times. We're 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 new to this process and we're doing it all ourselves yeah and we failed on the first couple of like recordings five, four or five yeah it's been interesting so having you here i mm -hmm. think is going to basically make it perfect yeah basically yeah i um, dropped everything and came right out this ensures our success Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> welcome to land your man podcast we're your hosts, just in case yes. we're waiting for someone else. <laughs> no one else is coming. No one else is coming. I'm Carla Nell. I'm Delia Knight. And we decided that rather than to continue to commiserate about our love lives on the phone with one the other, we would share with the world at large. Yes, exactly. And I asked Delia a long time ago to do a podcast with me and it took us i don't know a good three years to figure out a topic yeah yeah something that did. would be something we both enjoy discussing and visiting every week because we are going to do these weekly so that had you know it had to be something interesting and something that would be have some longevity yes so uh what we're gonna do is every week we're going to talk about a book that is written by a relationship expert. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the information in the book and how valuable or not valuable that information is. And we're also going to try some of the exercises out because I know most self-help books, which these dating books are, there's exercises for you to try. So part of this experience is also stretching ourselves a bit to get uncomfortable. Yes, we're going to put ourselves out there yeah. in, a, in a way. In a way. We don't know what way. I haven't decided yet. Well, we are going to, after the podcast today, we are both going to set up accounts on Hinge. Yes. Because Tinder is a little too... It's crazy. I live in Las Vegas. It is insane tindering <laughs> in that city, which I have plenty of stories that I will share. Not in the first go of this. <laughs> Maybe There's as people get to know time. you better. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so Tinder feels a little too hookup-y for what I'm trying to accomplish. And I've been on Bumble, and I feel like it's just the same people on Bumble. And maybe that's what's going to happen when we sign up for Hinge, but who yeah. knows? We'll find out. Yeah. Their whole thing is that you, they want you to get off the app. Yes. So we'll see. If I'm married within the week, they win. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
they get all the money. No, they're not really requesting money. So no, and I don't have a lot to give them either. So that's that. But um, yeah, so we're going to talk about books. And we're going to talk about the advice in those books and how it has kind of changed over the years, because we're going to visit, you kind of chose a certain time period, right? Yes, I chose the early, well, kind of the 90s on through to the early aughts. Okay. Yes. And then I'm doing the more modern stuff. Yes. Kind of the last, I would say, most of my books are within the last five or ten years. Oh, okay. Um, they have, you know, words like pussy in the title. Okay, well, that's... That's more that's, modern, I yes. think. Yes, yes, that's definitely not... Yeah, those those in rules. The 50s. Exactly. They didn't really put that in the titles of books back then, but nowadays, you know, feminism. So you can just say it. You can just say it. It's yeah, fine. Pretty much. Just mic drop, walk away. <laughs> That's pussy. right. That's right. There's a longer title. I'll share that with you all later, but it's just a little dangling carrot. So you're doing the first book. I am doing the first book. Which is exciting. Tell us about the book that you chose. I chose because I am kind of a nerd in the way that I love history of things. So when pondering doing this podcast and dating in general, I wondered to myself, I said, Delia, what, has dating always been like this? Because... <laughs> Have we been like unnerved for just centuries? Has, has dating always been as easy as this? <laughs> <laughs> I love your Pollyanna attitude, Carla. Yeah, you know me. Ever the optimist. Mm. So I'm doing the Curious History of Dating from Jane Austen to Tinder by Nikki Hodgson. And she is a journalist in the UK. So a lot of the kind of time periods she's referencing are having to do with the UK but really this is basically like I'm thinking across the board as far as what we experience. So a little bit about Nikki. She is a journalist, broadcaster, and author living in London. She regularly regularly contributes to The Guardian, Vice, and The Telegraph on civil liberties and censorship issues, sex and the law, and gender politics. Let's see. One of the things, okay. So Nikki was one of the first British journalists to court report via Twitter and is cited in Wikipedia for her coverage of the 2012 case of 2012 obscenity trial R versus Peacock. I have no idea about that legal case, but she was the first but person she was the first to tweet. Tweet. The, tweet. Just like we've just learned recently that the first trial to ever be televised on television the first murder trial was of ted bundy oh okay isn't that a fascinating little tidbit that i watched is. the i watched the zach efron film and um interesting i watched the ted bundy tapes like that four-part series a lot of information about serial killers out there yeah also he dated a lot <laughs> So this is getting off to a great start. <laughs> yes. Well, I just thought it was important to note that she is a pioneer, just like uh, the Florida prosecutors, I think, were when they prosecuted Ted Bundy. Anyway, go, do go on about Nikki. <laughs> so that's basically, and she's kind of, 
She has a BDSM memoir called Bound to You. So that was her first book. Oh, shit. Okay. So please check her out and support. Um, Very great writer. It was a joy reading. However, I will share this note on reading books. (laughs) I am and have always been, like since grade school and on through college, which Carla can attest, a procrastinator. So I got through like a third of this book and I'll be reading the rest of it and bringing it up because, you know, the history of dating, I'm sure I'll find some little tidbits to throw into our other book conversations. But this is just kind of the beginning. That's fine. I mean, I think I I got to read some of it too. I found some of it online and I I think the discussion is is more about the beginning of how how we got some of these ridiculous rules because I think what we both discussed and found is that they they're still doing I mean a lot of the stuff we're still doing yeah you know and in more updated modern ways they didn't have you know they didn't have okay cupid back then but they're definitely it, it was interesting to see all the parallels with what we do today so Without further ado, Without so this ado. book starts in like the 1700s, right? Oh, and by the way, just want to kind of for the for the listener, I haven't read the book. I just kind of perused it and I read your notes, but it's we're going to each week switch off. I'm going to read the book, share the information, Delia will ask questions and vice versa. So it's kind of I'm be learning as we go as well. So we yes. talk about it. So all right. Okay. So we start in the 1700s. It's all kinds of messed up. Yeah, ask me. It's all kinds of messed up. What I found fantastic about this was the Lonely Hearts ads. So a lot of people looking for that special someone took out ads in newspapers. <laughs> and it Kind of like, I mean, I guess I just assumed like everyone was an arranged marriage. Right. I don't, obviously I don't know a whole lot, but. Right. The lady hit puberty and they just handed her off to like a. Like a neighbor kid or like (laughs) that guy that, you know, hikes up his breeches just right. The man who lost his wife to dysentery. Here, Clara. Here, Here you go. Yeah. And you have your. Your dowry. Is that how it works? Like the lady has the dowry and she gives it to the husband? Uh, I think so. I, think I honestly, so I don't know. But right. Like I think that it's once the man decides who it's going to be that the family had to kind of put together money and property and, you know, sheeps and stuff like that. To, goats. Yeah. Sheeps and goats. Sheeps and goats. Right. And, you know, again, this is where I would have been screwed because... You have nothing. I don't have any of that. I have two cats, and I don't think that that's like a... That's not a big selling point? I don't think so. Do you have like a set of silver? Any fine china? Not real silver. I got mine at like Ikea. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Yeah. So I don't don't have that. So I couldn't have even dated back then. No. You'd have nothing to offer. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And this is when you're... Well, I mean, both of us now would have been long past spinsterhood. 
I mean, spinsterhood was like 23. Oh, I would be like a grandmother three times over by now if it were. Yes, yeah. if you were not just if sitting I there. If I had the opportunity to. Cats, yes, if you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so lonely, hearts, lonely Hearts ads. The women were able to take some out. However, they needed like gentlemen to do most everything. So they couldn't actually like place the ad the dudes had to do that i don't know if they could even write the ad so they're kind of at the mercy of pretty much the man in her life i don't know a brother a father i was gonna say like who Maybe. did your dad write it for you that's so creepy that is kind of super creepy <laughs> i would not trust my dad to write well, that yeah no You're talking about <laughs> not at all no, we won't get into our childhoods here, but yeah, no, my dad would have not been the person to write my um, mm -mm. my Lonely Hearts ad. No, not at all. So, but that's kind of how, you know, people met. They weren't really able to mingle. There was no kind of like, you know, spot they could go, share a coffee, say, hey, do you want to meet up? What kind of brought Lonely Hearts ads to a screeching halt is the Red Barn murder of 1828. And it kind of sounds like there was a fella, I think you have better notes. I didn't take them all on this. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at my paper and William, pen, right? His name, his name was William Corder. Yes. And Maria Martin was his, was his unsuspecting victim. Yes. So. I mean, that definitely kind of put a damper on meeting somebody through the paper. So that kind of paved the way for marriage marts and oh God. having... Like Walmart. But for marriage. But for marriage. Okay, great. Um, so these were kind of like highly calculated, organized events where there was kind of like patronesses who were in charge and there was a lot of rules. You couldn't dance with somebody for more than a couple dances. You couldn't really speak to anyone. You always had to have a go-between. So almost every lady had a chaperone. I'm not okay. entirely sure who the chaperone was, but it was kind of like maybe the early beginnings of the entourage. Mm -hmm. So somebody to do your bidding. But I guess you really had to trust that person to get the message right. So I feel like maybe... So like a wingman. Yes. Like a wingman. Wing woman. Both was the chaperone ones. a woman? I think, yes. The chaperone was a woman for women. And I think they actually then... It sounds like there was a lot of brokering between people that weren't actually like trying to be together, but like to get people together. So I'm like, that's a, you know, I'm going to tell you what, I wouldn't mind having a chaperone. If I could have like a screener yeah. like, built in, that'd be great. Well, yeah, I mean, I would be down as long as I have final say. Yes, definitely. I don't want to. I don't want the chaperone making all the shot, calling all the shots for me. No. No, that is not okay. So, here's what I'm not great at. Flirting. I'm bad. I would disagree. Really? I've seen you in action. I, I feel like 
You know, in the animated movie Fantasia, the hippos doing ballet, that's kind of what I feel like when I'm flirting. So that's crazy to me because I've seen you flirt. And I, it's, well, it's, the problem is too, I have no idea if like somebody's like flirting back. Like I'm very yeah, kind of. No, that's, yeah, that's hard. That's the hard part about flirting. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, are you just humoring me or is this like a connection? Do you actually have a wife that I should be <laughs> concerned about? Because I'm not married. That kind of lady. Sure. And then I talk like that, so then that doesn't help. That's confusing. Here's what would have been even more confusing. In the 1700s, there was a special language, not that of love, but of fans. <laughs> right. And I was kind of amazed because in the book, she lists all kind of the different motions of it, like snapping the fan shut meant one thing, tapping it to your left cheek meant something else i feel like the fan language was almost like the early inception of kind of like a base coach really so i guess how did people even if, if you have a chaperone and you have all these rules how did people even know if they liked each other or if they could even talk to each other well so part of this whole coming out debutante marriage mart thing was the flirt between the man and woman but then there is a special language of the fan okay. and this communicated i guess because you had to be so covert in your communications you couldn't just saunter up to some fella you found appealing and so the ladies had all these different signals. I like you. I don't like you. Can we dance later? What are you doing for breakfast? I'm sure that wasn't one of them. But <laughs> they had they had these like the fan snapping shut and tapping it to the right cheek and drumming it on your hand and on and on and on. My issue with a special kind of language, like, how do you know you're actually, like, talking to the person that you want to talk to? Like, right. somebody else isn't, like, in the sight line kind of reading your fan language right. and like, thinking... What does tapping on the cheek mean? It means yes or no, I believe. Okay. So, like, one tap is... Yes. Two taps, no. Right. Different so cheek means different things. could be, like... Hey, that, yeah, I'm, I'll meet you. <laughs> yeah, that could get confusing real quick, huh? Um, what was the symbol for, I want you to sit on my face? You know, I think that was a snap open in front of your face and then a snap close real quick and dragging it across your lips. <laughs> I'm pretty for certain. You know, if this doesn't work out, I say that we have a fan, a fan language class. We're going to slay. I was going to say, how do they learn all these rules? I mean, it's insane. That's, I don't know how that was circulated either. Because like, I, can't, I can't remember things, like, with, unless it's in front of my face written down. So I would have to walk around with index cards and be like, oh, like, okay, okay wait. Gonna... Now, yeah, like, you're trying I'm to... <laughs> tap twice. Okay, I got it. That's a no. Okay. Oops, I just 
you know, I would yeah, like I would you have a it. phrase book in Spanish and you're touring around Spain trying to figure it out. Yeah, it might be a little I bit like that. I wouldn't be good at it. I wouldn't be good at Then you just thing. tuck those little index cards up your sleeve or under one of your many layers of bustle. I don't know. Although, back then, I think if you tap, so you're looking at a dude and you're like, okay, that he's the one. You tap your cheek once. That's yes, move in. They move in. Once you talk to that guy, you're going to marry him, right? I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Is that how it would work? Yeah, for I the mean, most how part. How many shots did they get? Do you get at this? Right. <laughs> How many available bachelors are there? Right. You'd have to have a pretty big dowry to have a ton of suitors. Yeah. It'd and that's, like where the, that's where the confusion would come in. Yeah. But for ladies with little dowry, mayhaps, you, you know, just had that one guy. Yeah. <laughs> know your fan language. Yeah. Oh, God. Let that be a lesson to all of us in modern times. Know our fan language. It would be so screwed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I totally. would not be screwed. I yes, I would be better. pleasantly, like, Un- knees together, <laughs> fit, feet on the floor. <laughs> That's what I would be. Oh, my God. Okay, so then what? So we flirt with our fans. So we flirt with our fans. We land the man. We land the man, so we, we go ahead and get the man. Now, once married, you might think that that would be the end to dating. It wasn't. Because getting a divorce. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. All right. Made total bonus. You oh. mean the end of dating other people? No, no. I mean, men a lot of times had mistresses okay. that they Got would it. kind of okay. ladies on the side. All right. So who very, were very well very paid. Like that was definitely it. something that you could kind of work out. For yourself as an enterprising lady. What we call an arrangement. An arrangement. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And yeah, kind of have your lifestyle paid for by like three different dudes. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's kind so, of... So. I mean... And then I don't know what the line was because there were like ladies of the night. Mm-hmm. Of the course. line between that. Right. What was a mistress and what was a... Whore. <laughs> Prostitute. A I don't, I don't know what the okay. yeah, proper okay. phraseology is. But because... But that would be sex worker. Sex worker. Right. But back then... Yeah, I prostitute, I guess. No, not, not at all. Not in the slightest. Yeah, so getting a divorce was super hard. So that's why, partly, they just didn't do it. So they're able to... You know, still date, still have a side piece, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, good for them, I guess. Yeah, dating was still complicated, it as like it you, turns out. You do better off, I mean, you know, being a mistress than someone's wife. Yes. From what I read, it sounded like you'd be a lot better off. Because you kind of, you called the shots, you made your own money, you where did, did your own where did banking. Where live, though? Because it seems, I mean, in my mind, it was just everyone was married. Every woman was married. And women that weren't married just still lived at home with their family and just died. Well, a alone. lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know. They met like, a very bitter end. Yeah, it's like the idea in your head of these unmarried women, you know, but apparently... 
No, a lot of times these married dudes would set them up in apartments. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it was kind of like being a wife without the responsibility of like child rearing and laundry, yeah. essentially. Okay. And the title, like, I mean, if you really wanted to be Mrs. So-and-so, right. then you weren't able to do that, but... It sounded a little like freewheeling and carefree, so I'm 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 down with that. Yeah, I'm interested. Um, could the women have more than one partner, though? I don't think so. Yeah, because they where were. I would lose interest in that arrangement. Yes, they were looked at more as property. I think the prostitutes could. They could have whatever partner, and then they just worked it out in their date book, I guess. Well, but but. We, but I thought that the women could have, like, two or three men that they were working at a time. Kind of take, you know, this man pays... The sex worker or the wife? The mistress. Oh, yeah, the mistress, yes. The mistresses could have multiple dudes, Yeah, right? but once this you're... This guy pays my cell phone bill, this guy pays... Bills, bills, bills. You know, my rent, this guy pays for my Shoe dog's budgeting yes. bill. Whatever. <laughs> That was very important in the 1700s, yeah. dog grooming. Well, I'm sure it was. They were very, like, proper, and everything had to be perfect, so I'm sure their dogs did, too. Lots of poodles. Tons of poodles. Lots of poodles. Tons and tons. Okay. Well, so far, it seems very oppressive. Because I believe if you're somebody's wife, like, that was pretty much it. You're locked into that one guy. Yeah. Full stop. Okay. Well... That sucks. Yes, definitely more property related. Yeah. Us ladies. Which is how I imagine it being. Yes. But we're definitely, we're getting out there. We're, you know, moving the ball forward. We're kicking the can down the road. In the early Victorian era, here's what I find fascinating because we talk about Valentine's Day uh-huh. as a Hallmark holiday. Right. And the advent of it and how it's just become so, so commercialized. Yes, as somebody who has worked in flowers now for years, (laughs) it is awful. It is real bad. But little did I know, Valentine's Day actually started in the Victorian era. And they put together real fancy cards for one another. Mm -hmm. Lace, ribbons doodads of all so that kind of started then it wasn't like i mean sure we've amped it up like we've you know turned everything up to 11 but you know so they were into exchanging valentine's day cards okay well that's sweet yeah isn't that nice and they kind of created the whole thing yes okay yeah well thanks for uh yes that's what set us off on that celebrate our emptiness and solitude if we're single (laughs) thank you the early victorian people well here's what i learned this year shopping for valentine's day not because i had a special someone but because every year i give my nieces valentines but while i was shopping for them i noticed there was a marketing thing toward galentine's day yes that's a huge thing now. Yeah, and I had no idea it even existed. So yeah. there was like paper plates and banners and get your galentines together. I was yeah. just so, I'm like, wow, way to take it back. 
gal pals. Owning it, making it your own. Yeah, I um, I think you know about my Valentine's Day this year. I actually had a really awesome Valentine's Day. Someone, and I did just say Valentine's Day. Times, the yeah. The way that Rachel Dratch said it in um, 30 Rock. But I, uh, I actually got flowers on Valentine's Day this year from a gentleman that was a suitor. And then he broke up with me two weeks later. So that was awesome. Anyway, so what's... So then what? (laughs) (laughs) The flowers on Valentine's Day was awesome. I assume the breakup probably was not like high five. Yeah, it was unexpected, especially after I got the... Because, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Valentine's Day is, I think, a big deal um, when you're in a relationship that it's like... And and I it, it's not a holiday that I would have to have some proof of love if I were in a relationship. But like if proof goes, of life and a kidnapping or a <laughs> Well, if somebody goes out of their way on Valentine's Day to do something nice for you, I feel like that says something about their intention, about where something may be going. Okay. So when someone does something like that, I feel like it's a grand gesture and then you know, things change, people change, people's hearts change. But it, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that when you do that, I think then it kind of, it's sad for me. And the, these are things I need to work on. Right. It then sours it for me for the, yes. for the next time, because it's like, if again, I might get flowers in the future from someone, I don't want to put this experience on future man. However, it's going to be... It's going to be there. I mean, it's gonna be all there. of your experiences like, are oh, there. Oh, you're giving me flowers? So this means it's over. For, for <laughs> Which is not what it's supposed to mean. No. No, it's not supposed to mean that. <laughs> That's not what it's supposed to mean. The great um, letdown with a bouquet. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, the way that I felt when I got those flowers on the day was awesome. And that this person did that you know that was amazing so I get why it's a special and important day you know and why it's um something that we continue to kind of celebrate and continue to be part of our mating process you know yeah so now every person that you date I will be calling future man just okay for fun okay hopefully yeah hopefully that will be a like one or two men and then future we man keep, <laughs> we want to keep calling this is that a super book hero i feel like there is no there's something like a tv show or called future man I, maybe i don't know it does seem this is where we need an intern to google stuff it seems way too good for me to have made it up basically i want present man <laughs> i like that right now man yes yeah, so... Take off your pants right now, man. Right in this moment, he's future man. Yes. But when we get there, he's now man. We'll call him Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, no. 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 No Mitch. No, no Mitch. But we'll see. Who knows? I'm not going to rule out Mitch. Mitch, if you're out there, don't... I don't want that to, like, dissuade you. Hey guys, here's a quick word from our sponsors for the perfect date night in San Diego, Old Town Mexican Cafe, and Finest City Improv. Looking for a little more laughter in your life? Or maybe even a little more courage? 
Finest City Improv is the place to laugh it out, with shows four nights a week, plus comedy classes for all levels. Come join us at Finest City Improv in San Diego. Hi guys, if you're looking for an awesome date night, check out Old Town Mexican Cafe in the heart of Old Town San Diego, serving award-winning authentic Mexican cuisine since 1977, home of San Diego's legendary handmade tortillas. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. for Taco Tuesday. Discounted tacos, margaritas, tequila shots, and bottles of Tecate. Old Town Mexican Cafe is located at 2489 San Diego Avenue. Visit our website at www.oldtownmexcafe.com. Okay, moving on to uh, Ladies Night. Yes, I want to talk about Ladies Night Night because this is yet another thing that I thought like, oh, totally like in the 80s. I don't know. I guess that's like the first like touchstone of cultural ephemera, the 80s. So the first Ladies Night was actually in 1852. Okay. (laughs) And it was at Canterbury Music Hall. And the man who developed it, which is in Carla's notes, not my notes, even though I'm the one who read the book-ish. His name would be Charles Morton. Charles Morton. He thought that Ladies' Night would civilize men. Mm. But it had the opposite effect. Right. You throw a bunch of women in a room and you're going to civilize. It got cray. (laughs) It got cray. So men started showing up, even married ones. Okay. They started coming to ladies' night without their wives. Their wives. So which made sense because I mean, what kind of hussy is going to go to ladies' night if she's married, right? Yes, exactly. So, and you don't want to be that third wheel. So the author did not go into detail like what the drink specials were or anything like that. (laughs) So. That's kind of a bummer, but I imagine it was a rollicking good time. What, so he was trying to civilize men. How, what was the goal? I mean, that men would go there and meet proper ladies? Or what? I don't... I don't... I didn't really understand either, reading the book. How to achieve... The civilization of men. Yeah. Like, are they just going back with better manners? Because it's not like ladies' night with, like, your mom and sister. Right. It's exactly. like ladies you probably want to get in their pants night and it's not like ladies night in tijuana where you get five dollar cover drinks all night including tequila poppers (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that was a part of a ladies night (laughs) san diego state go aztecs (laughs) that's what i'm saying yes that was my ladies night i don't know about other ladies but that was yeah, I've been to a lot of ladies' nights, none of which seem to civilize the men folk in the crowd. So I think yeah. maybe that ship has sailed, and maybe Mr. Morton kind of saw more dollar signs. Mr. Morton built that ship, is what happened. He built yeah. the ship, and then he took off in it with all the money he made on ladies' night. Which ladies' night is a good hook to get dudes in there spending money. Yeah. So right. I don't know. Here, little lady, let me buy you a, I don't know, an absinthe. Do you think they drank maybe absinthe? Maybe. That seems like Oof. a drink they would drink, right? That seems rough, though, the next morning. I have never drank absinthe. I don't know if I would. I've had it once or twice, you know. I've been and? to New Orleans quite a bit. It's oh, okay. Thing. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty potent. It works. But, you know, I, you know, I'm not like a crazy drinker, but I've, I wouldn't say that it's any different than any other. What, a glass of Chablis? Than any other time that I've had, you know. Alcohol. <laughs> five Red Bull and vodkas in a night. <laughs> I, I have, so I'm not ashamed. Don't be ashamed. I'm a drinker. I You're know not you a drinker, girl. and I am a complete and utter <laughs> drinker. I wouldn't say that I'm not a drinker, but I'm, I don't, I really only drink socially. I See, I 100% drink at home alone. <laughs> I actually almost more prefer that. Right. I might sip some rosé <clears throat> here and there. Yes. Yeah. It's not, I'm not like, you know, doing body shots off <laughs> the dogs I live with or anything. <laughs> That's not happening. That actually sounds amazing that <laughs> i get a mouthful of fur it i live with four newfoundlands um that would not be pleasant you know don't do that but you know so ladies night 1852 off the chain right and obviously a good enough idea to still carry with us into the well into the future so okay well that sounds, you know. I mean, Ladies' Night thanks. has survived Charles Morton World Wars. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, Ladies' Night is a huge thing now because I have a lot of friends who are single, and that's what that's what it is. It's hey, it's Ladies' Night. You know, I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos of the you know relationship experts and things like that, and there was there were these two relationship experts that were having a conversation about the difference between men getting ready to go out and women getting ready to go out and it was so it was like the the woman that was talking said you know when women get ready to go out they're just getting ready to go out and have a good time with their girlfriends but when men get ready to go out it's all about the prowl and who you know and I'm like I don't know if I agree with that I yeah I want to go out and have a good time with my girlfriends but Make no mistake, I am a hunter out there. <laughs> Absolutely, we're out for blood. Like yeah. we are out looking for those men that are looking for us. So it was weird when this this woman who said she was a relationship expert said that because I just thought that's wrong. That's, that's well, I don't totally think wrong. it's like it has to be either or. Like well, I mean, right. yes, I'm, sure I'm getting ready to have a great time, but I'm also maybe looking to get banged out. I don't know. Right, and you know that ahead of time, too, I think, with women. Like, if, if we plan a night out and we go out for Thai food and a movie, clearly that's not... Ladies' I'm night. I'm going to get railed tonight. <laughs> but What if, kind of movie? In Vegas, we have a lot of adult cinemas. Okay, it's... I've never once gone to Thai food <laughs> <laughs> and it's then dropped thing. into the local porn <laughs> theater with my girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. How do you feel hey, about let's seeing... let's go check out My Asses on Fire, parts <laughs> two through five. It's playing at the Kit Kat. Special showing. Yeah, no, I've never... Okay, fine. I guess I'm the only one. I'm talking about, you know, a romantic comedy or something gotcha. like that. Okay, I'm not that talking makes sense. about pornographic material. Okay. Now that we've cleared that up. Thank you. Now that we've... Yeah, I want to clear the air on that one because don't want anybody to get the wrong impression of me. Yes, but clearly that's a different... Yes, generally speaking, like, I know what kind of night I'm getting ready for. Exactly. So. So I think that is... But 
you know, and I think guys do the same thing. I think sometimes they're like, hey, we're going to go play poker and there's not going to be any women or we're going to the club tonight to for the sole purpose of, you know, we're going to find somebody tonight. And I do think a lot of times with women, you end up, you go in a group and then you end up kind of maybe caretaking for one or two of the women more. You, yes. you know, you're like, oh, wait, no, you are not going home with that guy or... You know, that's happened to me a couple times where you all go out with an intention of, I'm going to meet somebody, and then you end up like, oh, honey, no. Yeah, then no. you kind of have to reel people back in. Yeah, and that's happened to me, too. I've had, you know, my friends kind of say, yeah. Carla, no, no, no. And, you know, it's kind of like, don't judge me. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think I've been out a few nights with you on those kind of nights. You may have been out on a don't judge me night. Yes. Again, I say to you, don't judge me. No, I don't. I but, you know, I, know I also know like <laughs> no, don't do it. This is a mistake. Yeah, no. And I do I mean, I appreciate that feedback as a <laughs> as a single lady because sometimes, you know, alcohol does kind of it blurs your ability, impairs your ability to make competent decisions. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so, so we're, we're in the early Victorians and then we move into the late Victorians and then what happens? Yes. So the, I only got so far into the late Victorians, but here's what I found fascinating. Mm -hmm. Bicycles. So... This became a weapon of the new Victorian woman. Number one, she was able to ditch the skirt and wear bloomers. Okay. So, so she, she got to wear pants, pants now. Okay. because she got to pedal around and didn't have to like ride side saddle on something. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you. Progress. The, progress. And then she was also able to travel. So that was a big thing. She was kind of an independent gal, Mm -hmm. able to go into the world and do whatever she pleased. So that was pretty awesome as well. Um, And that's as far as I got, but I did like the kind of (laughs) where we started with um, weapons, that a bicycle was a weapon for the new Victorian woman. Oh, how so? Wasn't that... (laughs) Just that she was able to kind of, like, break free of, like, chaperones oh, okay. and... So she didn't use it to be... No. <laughs> she... <laughs> I'm like, it were... Wow. put bullets in it? She... Or like, <laughs> Carla's going to MacGyver does, a bicycle. How does one weaponize a bicycle? To shoot somebody's oh, eye out. No, you're using the word weapon in a different construct, I see. Yes. No, she did not beat somebody... <laughs> upside the head and drag him back to Although the cave. Although you could. Yes. Yeah, if you she could. was able to freaking... ride your bike and somebody was like... Lift it by out. the back tire yeah. and then just swing it. That's right. I'm sure, yes. I bet they were heavy as fuck back then, though. Yeah. Bicycles. I'm sure they were. Everything seemed to be built a little bit more sturdy, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That doesn't, doesn't sound like anything I'd want to do. Pick oh, up a bicycle God. and swing it at somebody. No. Okay, so the bicycle was basically transportation and made her life a little bit more... Free. Free. She had more access to go places and... Yes, covertly meet people, I'm oh, sure. Yeah, I'm Under sure. bridges uh-huh. and whatnot. Yes, yes. 
near Babbling Brooks. Behind cafes. Yes. There are a lot of Babbling Brooks in London. Yeah. I was there for Christmas and, okay, I saw one Babbling Brook. And I don't even think that that's what it was really called. But I saw it and I said, that's a Babbling Brook. Like, that's clearly the definition. Obviously. We were walking through this picturesque, like, countryside and uh, it was water and it was making noise. So it was a Babbling Brook. Yeah, essentially. And it seemed to me like they run rampant over there. Yes, definitely in the countryside. And that's romantic. Yeah. Babbling Brooks are romantic. Hmm. Interesting. Don't you think? I think so. I mean, definitely more romantic than, say, like, you know, Raging Rapids or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you could, like, you know, you could kiss your sweetheart for the first time next to the Babbling Brook. It definitely seems like a place ripe for a picnic. Yes. Like, I feel like definitely the vibe of a blanket spread out, a nap in the shade. The noise of the babbling would cover up, like, if, you know. Somebody ball slapping (laughs) that. It's romantic. It's romantic because it masks the sounds of sex, of sexual intercourse. We landed right back in that porn theater. Oh, God. Mm. I don't think I'd watch a porn called Babbling Brook, though. Well, I sure would. I just, I gotta know. What's up? I want to know the It sounds kind of like stepping into a watercolor painting. Yeah, no. If there was a porn called Babbling Brook, first of all, it would be about a blonde woman named Brooke. Who just talked a lot. (laughs) Not really good at conversation. But Babbling Brook, yeah, I would, no, I would pay money to see that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to stop you on that, for instance. And I get, listen. I also won't judge you. If this movie comes out after this podcast, we are going to get, we're getting the proceeds for that film. Because this was our idea, Babbling Brook. Baffling brick. So get at us. We would definitely, I would walk the red carpet. Oh, God. Okay, enough about Babbling Brook. That movie premiere. Well, maybe we should write it because I feel like we have really good ideas. Okay, so that's about as far as you got. Yes. And so uh, did you even skim the end? Like, how does it sort of wrap it up? What, what ties it into Jane Austen and Tinder? Because. That is a huge jump. You would think, however, I've read a lot of Jane Austen, and it's all under the surface. Like, she really was, she was pushing the envelope back then for propriety. Yes. And I think that it's something that's always been there. I mean, there's never not, you know, just like fetishes and you know, right. they're always oh, there. Oh, they were kinky as fuck back then. Yeah, so it's not like this is the advent of something new. But we kind of go through, like, the First World War, the Second World War, the 20s, the 30s, and then she kind of breaks it out by decade. Yeah. Um, what was expected. The sexual revolution. She yeah. touches on that. Fan of that. So I definitely will come back to this book. And try to be better at, like, finishing things on time. (laughs) No, I mean, I think the whole point of this, what we're doing, is that we are putting it out there to discuss it. And, you know, the people can go and decide if they want to read the book or not. I mean, that's kind of the point. It's... Very true. You know, I think 
we should read the whole book. And I don't, you know, I don't think it matters whether you read the whole book or not. But I think the point is, is kind of to spark the discussion. And also... Or take some interesting tidbits out on your next date. Right. I mean, what lady isn't going to want to hear about the history of Ladies' Night? So... True. Bring it out there. And, and or, buy a fan. Start tapping that cheek. See what happens. See what, see if anyone knows the language. Yeah, like maybe there's some primordial biological imperative. Thing. If I'm sitting at, you know, say a local establishment. Denny's. And I, I will not be sitting there. I hop. Nope. Whistle stop. Okay. It's a tavern. If I'm sitting there and I'm tapping that cheek, maybe there's a guy in there, past life, and he's like, I know what that means. I'm I'm making a beeline <laughs> over right. to that lady at the bar, right, sipping her rosé. Right, it's coded. This stuff is coded, or it should be. I, I'm a fan of the. I'm a fan of the fan. <laughs> Damn it. Um, no. So, what are some of the things that we're gonna try? Because that's the thing, right? We have to challenge ourselves. Yes. We're going to try some of this stuff. Obviously, the fan is a joke but i mean i think i would still try it just to see (laughs) just to see what would happen just to bring a fan and see that really wouldn't be all that weird in vegas i'll be honest i mean right it's very difficult to find something truly strange there so odd it's so odd it's so strange well then maybe i'll just come to vegas and do it and then i won't feel like a total fool yeah. Because San Diego, maybe not the best place to, maybe tap, not. to tap the fan. To tap that fan. Tap that fan. So maybe I'll have to travel abroad to Vegas. And buy abroad to Vegas. <laughs> um, okay. What are some of the other things? What are the things you want to try? I would totally, like, if somebody wants to sign up to be my chaperone, I'm all over that. You're down? Yeah. Downers? I feel like that would take a load off. I love it. I would be able to contact. I need definitely like somebody to organize what's happening. Right. Dates, responding back, what level yeah, I am with people. Need like a somebody who will organize your calendar for you. Yeah, like I mean, I guess Keep a social secretary. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for, a social secretary. So Okay. But you don't want the chaperone to tell you like don't do it, girl. I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they know something you don't know. Okay. Well, this is all amazing information. And I think that it kind of helps us know what the jumping off point is. Because, I mean, prior to kind of these eras and these periods, what do we have? Cavemen? I mean, they're just, you know, that's there's no rules of dating, right? I mean... Not really. I mean, I don't even think there was such a thing. Right. Like I think it was more really started during this period. Yes. Right. So dating etiquette then, if that's the case, has only been around for 300 years. Yeah. It's a very young history. Right. So it only goes back a couple generations, really. Mm-hmm. And we still don't know really what the hell we're doing. <laughs> No. A lot of people don't. I mean, there are people who are in relationships who do know what they're doing. We're not talking to those people. No. We don't care about talking. (laughs) We're talking. Of course, we care about you. She's in jest. No, we care about you in the sense that we love you. You're our friend. But 
that's not what this is about. No, this is about the active search. Yeah. Yeah, this is what that's about. So good. Do you have anything else to add today? I don't have anything else to add today. I think it was um, a decent discussion. Okay. A jumping off point. So now we're going to go sign up for Hinge. Yes, we are going to sign up for Hinge. We're going to work on some of our social media stuff. Yep. And I'm um, probably going to eat something. Yeah. That's generally. I think food. Yeah. I think maybe we go get food. That's probably I a thing. That our listeners don't really care about that so next week i am going to be sharing uh a book called men don't love women like you by gl lambert yes and uh i you know i broke some of this stuff down and all i will say is that um i want the ladies to get ready to awaken the spartan within <laughs> god that sounds like a lot of work. It's gonna, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love this book. So do I, much. do I need to be able to do a pull up? Yeah, you have to become a Spartan. Oh man. Yeah, no, you're gonna have to do a lot. There's a lot that you have to do to become um, a Spartan. And then one, just... typical bitch, typical results. Wow. <laughs> okay. We are off to a. To a rolling start. Yeah. No, it's a fascinating book. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it with you because I cannot wait to, to hear your reaction. Yes. Um, Only, yeah, you won't. You'll get to see my face. We'll video this. Yeah, but. I'll get to see your face for sure. The, the listener won't, but I'm sure that they can imagine. Oh, God. Yeah. So, great. I wanted to say thank you to a few people. Uh, our friends over at Fright School Podcast helped us out. Um, Joe Farron and Joshua Napier do an amazing podcast about horror films. Yes. They just break down different horror films. Uh, also, they go through uh, like American Horror Story. Anything horror related, yeah. basically. And they are so charming. It is the most charmed I've been by the most disturbing content. <laughs> Yeah, they're very funny, and and Joe has just really helped me with figuring all this stuff out. So I want to I want to give a shout out to them. Also, I would love it if you're listening to this, and if you have a story that you would like to share, if you have a book that you've read that you would like us to talk about on the show, some advice your grandmother gave you, if you have advice your grandmother gave you that worked or that didn't work. Um, anything like that that's sort of dating and relationship related, please email us at landyourman at gmail.com. And we'd love to give you a shout out on the show. We would love to give you a shout out on the show and talk about whatever you share. Also, follow us on Instagram at landyourmanpodcast. And other than that, I think that's everything for this week. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and doing this again. Yeah. And we'll let you know how our app goes. Yes, we will let you know. We will have stories hopefully by the next recording. Yeah, I don't know that we'll have time to go. <laughs> I don't know that there'll be time to go on an actual date by the time we record again. But maybe a couple of fun conversations. I'm sure some of that kind of stuff will happen. So yes, we will share all of that with you next time on Landry Man Podcast. We thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Delia. Thank you, Carla. 
Ginger Man Podcast is a subsidiary of nothing and is produced in association with no one other than Carlinelle and Delia Knight.